friends, welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast all about beers and video games. This is episode 321. I'm one of your hosts, Ben, here with Adol. Hey! And returning guest, Kimberly. Oh, did you say something? Your audio's gone. Oh, no. Oh, no, hooray! <laughs> Perfect. Um, those of you on Twitch will know that we've just been talking about picking a beer. Uh, and those of you on the audio, uh, Kimberly has a bunch of Star Wars themed beers. You should go to Out of Lives Network over on YouTube or join us on Twitch to see those beers. Uh, and we're going to help her pick one now because um, there's, there's there's so many of them. I oh. could have brought more actually, but um, I mm. feel like I was being because I've got this glass that says Stout Life on it. So I feel like... <laughs> oh, <laughs> a great glass. That was, that was maybe what I was going to go for is the Stout Life glass. <laughs> I, I also enjoy the the um, ring light um, reflections on the Stout Life glass. <laughs> what are you going to do? Oh, uh, I, I mean, I've got one right there. It makes sense. I just don't... Oh, you can see... You can yes. see... That... I mean, yeah. it's better reflecting <laughs> off your glass than it is off your head. So fuck both of you. Let's pick a beer. Um, Maybe after this start, I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what are what are your choices? Uh, well, I've, I've still got this one. I mean, I don't. I've had it for a while, so I don't know if this is going to be the utmost quality that Brew York would want it to be. Because I I bought them in bulk, and this was a last year release, so I'm not sure this one is going to have lasted so, the test of time. Milkshake IP. I think they've re-released that one this year. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I, I, but I'm, I've got this stout glass. The rest are stout. So ah, perfect. <laughs> well, we might as well marry the two. And for the audio listeners, that was the Brew York's Mangalorian, which they've re-released now, and it's in. Um, I think it's like a Jedi pack, but with their new um, Brew York beer, which is um, the Obi Wan Cannoli. Mm-hmm. Um, Day, which is a, a like a I guess a caramel-esque milk stale. Mm-hmm. You can get that in like a six pack, three of each. I feel like I'm promoting for them, but I actually <laughs> bought a twelve pack today because I want to take some of them with me to Star Wars Celebration for for swapsies. That's <laughs> amazing. Can you get those on a plane? Are you allowed to take yeah, these well, on? Yeah, I mean, you checked bag. I feel like I'm yeah, a season pro here, but I um yeah, I'll be trying to balance the weights out because people have been giving me lots of beer orders from <laughs> England. People want a lot of um. The beers by um, Emperor's Brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. There's some rated beers on Untapped, but they usually sell out in you know six Seconds. minutes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, the new there was a new one that came out today, Rebel Fortress, with um, also with three hills like this one, the Jedi Mind Trick mm. um, last mm. year. Um, but this one's um, this one's like a twelve percent massive one, so I'm not going to open that one because the wax one's going to be really hard getting to so i think it's out of these three but i will talk to you about these other bottles so this one is quite readily available so this is the death star 2 and that's uh by northern monk and that is a chocolate peanut and caramel imperial mm. at 12 percent um but this one you can obviously get from northern monk but you can get it in tesco's as well oh, always a tesco one okay oh. so you can get that one in tesky peskies as i call nice. it <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got this other one which i only managed to just don't know whether you can these ones are in scarce supply you might be able to find them on some kind of rogue retailers but i know they've not got any on their actual website but this is an ampersand and empress brewery again collab it's like the empress brewery day um and this mm. is a um execute order 66 which i don't have any with um 
a lot of it is all based around Vader or like, you know, so it's cool to have this type of artwork and I'm really, yeah. I really, um, it's really cool. But this is a chocolate and hazelnut imperial stout and it, from the back, it sounds um, sublime, but I'm quite worried because it says it's dangerously easy to drink and it is 10.5%. So that is a worry. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one, um, I mean, this one looks pretty cool. Um, oh, that's very nice. But this is a collab. Oh. Been um, Lachlan and Brewery and Emperors again, but it's um, for the Fuck Cancer beer project. Um, so some of the proceeds go to a good cause. And I think there's four beers in this particular series. So mm. these we can definitely still get. Um, but this one is called Bacta and it's an Imperial Stout again. 12%. It says darker than Darth Vader's heart. <laughs> I really like so, Bacta for a raising money for a medical cause. Yeah. That's such a. I'll show you these two, but I'm definitely not going to open the wax tops because these are going to be yeah. practically hard to do. This one is from um, Fallen Acorn. It is obviously a nice sharing portion. I mean, if you're going to get through this, you are hardcore. Um, but that's 11.5% <laughs> and it's called Binary Sunset, hence nice. the Star Wars. That's very good. I was going to um, say, that's Tatooine, right? Yeah. But they do have another version of this, um, which is like, it was kind of more of like an orange wax top with like orange artwork. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't a stout. It was, I can't even remember what it was, but my boyfriend won't let me open it because he's collected them all. And I'm not allowed to open that one. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, why can't I open it? Pierre's uh, meant to be drunk. I know. So normally I buy two. So, right. you know, the wax tops, it's just because they look so nice, I'm guessing. But maybe in three years, because they'll have aged quite nicely, mm. I will just get um, but this one's um, Heaven Hill and um, Bushmills BA Vanilla mm. and Cow Stouts. Nice. That one is going to be a win. So if you want to share that with me, maybe on the next episode, maybe we could do one face to face. And you could definitely still pick that one up. And then there's um, this one, which is um, there's a couple with Castle Rock and Emperors. But I love the the little artwork on these; are really cute. But these yeah. ones, um, this is a double mashed Imperial Stout, and it is. Cognac barrel aged over whole cherries. Ooh. So this one sounds epic. It but, does. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, maybe the can will be easier to open this season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe yeah. At least three is a, is a, what do so you think? Are you, are you uh, drawn uh, to any of them? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with any of them. I think, you know, I don't know. Maybe, I guess it's just accessibility because I think you can pick up the Bacta and you can pick up the Death Star still. So I was maybe... going to say the Bacta simply just because um, last episode you you had a beer that was for uh, about supporting a good cause, and this would just sort of round it out. Mm. And again, like you said, availability. Also, I, I need to know: can you tell us about the artwork? Um, yeah, it does. Like... I'm wondering what it said. Oh, artwork by Game Over. Game Over. Um, game underscore over underscore artist on instagram because it's uh, vader with a couple of dafts and it's excellent yeah it's cute isn't it so yeah. um but yeah, when you get all of the cans in the series they've got a similar blue background like this and then they're oh, all, so you can kind of mural them yeah, you can make like nice. a like kind of matching mural with them i love it when there's like a a concept but yeah, yeah the foot beer project um yeah they they've done just so much stuff and um i guess they don't only i guess a lot it isn't just breweries that support them it's people like um simpsons malt and you know people donate products to them right. just because it's for a good cause um but there's a lot of cool companies named like yakima chief um so yeah it's a lot of different like kind of ingredient producers mm -hmm. so like hot producers but they're all part of this like, collective that do these series of beers but they bring out new ones all the time but obviously 
this is a good one because it's a Star Wars one. That's nice. <laughs> it's an Emperor's one, so let's uh, give it a whirl. I'm excited about this. I feel like I've kept it for a long time. Yeah, well, yeah, let's just. I, I'm going to. Yeah, that's a great looking pour. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, my, the beer I grabbed was from Moore, um, which is local Bristol, mostly because they used to do Star Wars beers. They didn't re-release them this year for now. At least I couldn't find them. But it is a barrel-aged dark ale sour series, number one, 8.9%. It's in a 330ml can. Uh, a compelling barrel-aged dark ale with sour cherry notes. L love a simple flavor text. Nice. Um, so I'll crack the yeah. I mean, it's more I, I I enjoy them when we were out on the East Bristol Brewery Trail on the weekend. Uh, I had uh, at Moore I had one of their sours and I hadn't had any of these sours from them before and I really liked it then. So I was quite chuffed to find this one. Um, but while I crack this, why don't we find out what Ben's got? Uh, yes, I am going to drink a cheese from Pressure Drop. Ooh. Which is a 7.4% New England IPA with mosaic and strata. Uh, buh, 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 buh. We're leaning heavily into the realm of fruity and dank hops with this hazy IPA. Expect notes of overripe mango, strawberry and passion fruit with just a whiff of Mary Jane. Um, I, I love a dank beer. Every, everyone. not People who've never even heard me talk about beer know that I love a dank, <laughs> dank weedy beer. So uh, I saw this and it was like, yes, I will instantly buy this thank you very much and i haven't had a pressure drop for ages um but they they tie in again slightly well to the east bristol brewery trail because we ended up uh, at newtown park who uh, are partnered quite nicely with verdant um so we uh, had a had a verdant beer whilst we were there and verdant obviously partnered up quite nicely with pressure drop as well uh verdant doing that lovely thing of being like we need to be in some cities that aren't the arse end of cornwall um <laughs> let's let's partner up with some lovely brewery friends of ours uh so yeah jumping over to london though for this uh for this pressure drop we'll get them poured and we'll come back to you kimberly for the for the beer this is, this is this this was intense as soon as i opened it i was like you know and you're like you feel joy when you smell a beer and you're like i know i'm gonna love this because there was just so many flavors hitting me like flavors i, I felt like i could taste it already yeah. um i could um yeah on the first taste the honey was coming through quite strong um but what i have to say is on the kind of second third sip there's so many layers to it like i'm getting like little hints of vanilla i'm getting this, the cocoa is, it feels like rich, indulgent, almost like, um, I don't know, you know when you've, you've had a chocolate bar and sometimes I'm not one of those people that just eats the chocolate bar, I dip it in my tea and I, this is really weird, but I suck the chocolate a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like savouring that, it feels like it's coating my mouth, that cocoa, and I'm just, yeah, I feel like I'm in chocolate heaven, basically. Nice. Um, I definitely can taste the hazelnut is not coming through as strong as i thought it would um and, and the coffee it's yeah it, it's it's not an intense hit it's like a it's like a slow build as i'm having more and more but um okay. definitely that chocolate is the first the first whiff with the honey is kind of like intoxicating and it's kind of making me go oh. <laughs> but yeah, I'd be interested to see kind of how it is. Um, I guess as it warms and just how the 
character kind of changes but um sometimes like i guess when you have stouts that have coffee and i think this has got like a quite a lot of good complex complex flavors but almost like on top of each other and they're not they don't feel like they're attacking each other and one's kind of going here i am and it's quite overpowering because sometimes the coffee sometimes just hits you too much um i think this is quite nicely balanced especially because it's like a 12.5 percent which is oh no it's 12 12 forget the 0.5 but okay. yeah 12 um if yeah <laughs> i think i was playing this while i was gaming i might stop slurring my words later so just <laughs> out there i'm running hard here <laughs> nice. but it's it's again it's one as you'd mentioned earlier that you could kind of crack get into a gaming session and then just sup occasionally when you have a moment to either i suppose if you're playing like battlefront 2 when you've been shot and you're waiting to respawn it's a nice easy time to be able to sip yeah. a beer I think as well it's good with these because um, sometimes as you get them, you know, you might have stored them somewhere where it's a little bit colder. And I think for me, as this is, I get when I get lost in the game, I forget to drink. And for me, some of these, <laughs> the profile changes because I think it's my like adult ADHD tendencies. I just get, I just get absorbed. So I think for me, having this um, like Imperial Stairs, it's kind of like the character changes, and it's nice when it gets, you know. A, a bit closer to room temperature and it doesn't kind of make it doesn't spoil the beer whereas if like i need something that's kind of dank and i'm getting it out the fridge and i need it to be crisp and cold mm. um by the time i'm halfway down i'm like this is not good anymore because i forgot about it so the, that's why i usually go for these type of beers when i'm gaming nice nice um adol we'll come to you for the more um so on the pour i i smelt immediately the cherries which smelt a lot or like sweet rich um so not yeah so like dark cherry um almost whiny um mm. and then there's it's um obviously the the sour is is bringing that cherryness out but i'm getting a touch of malt on the nose as well which is help making it a really luxurious smelling beer um just like a little bit of that like um what am I trying to think of? That that sort of thicker, almost cereal smell. Um, right. Mm. So this was the thing I was I was very curious about, which is how sour is the sour? Uh, um, regular listeners will know that we've all kind of fallen in love with sours the past few years, but it took us a while to get used to. Um, and now, like, I don't think you can make a beer too sour for me. But this is on the other end, um, which I think is, for more, makes sense uh, just because, like, um, they are reasonably mainstream within Bristol, at least. Uh, and for, um, this is a really good introduction to sours, I think, because it has such a nice multi back end to balance things out. And then that, that there is a sweetness to the cherry. So you get this sort of light, you, you, your first hit is like, oh yes, cherries. And then you're like, it's not like pucker your lips sour. It's just a nice rich uh, yeasty sour that is married to a slightly sweet cherry. And then you're, you're left with lingering sour with this, like I said, this multi back end um, sort of almost um, biscuity. Um, but no, so like lightly burnt notes, but like behind the biscuits which i think is a really good pairing for like a slightly sweet but mostly sour forward cherry because if it was a little too burnt i think those two 
uh, taste would clash. But again, just like the beer I had last episode, they're really well balanced and melted. You could take a big swig of this or a small swig, and you're still going to get that same taste curve of like, ah, yes, cherries. Ah, here's, but it's still clearly a darker beer. And now I'm finishing, and I've got this balance of malt, but this lingering sour that again is like, I've had a cherry or two or three, not I've had a sour thing. If that right. makes sense. This is yes. why I think it's a good, like, if you don't, if you're not sure or you want to try st- sours, you're getting introduced to them, this is a really good starting point because it's clearly a sour but it's not like clearly a sour <laughs> so yeah it's really excellent um i don't know how long this will last it because again i could take a small sip and get this but like it's so interesting that i could easily just take a big sip for the same reasons <laughs> that beer? sorry what's the abv oh it's 8.9 so it's not too bad but for i mean it's <laughs> uh and luckily it's in a it's more so it's in a 330 mil can yeah. so uh but this also uh <laughs> those of you on video you can see it's sour series one which now i'm really i'm already looking forward to sour C- series x and plus one um and you can really tell it's barrel aged like i said because of some of those that maltiness some of that like more biscuity those those sort of woody notes are coming through it's really yeah really excellent beer easily easy to drink but um not not in a bad way, I would say. Like in the sense of it's dynamic, but I'm not like st- struggling with it. Mm. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Cherry and beer is always a win. I love a bit of cherry. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to go wrong. I think uh... it's nice to have it this time of year, though. Versus like usually you only get cherry beers at like Christmas, and you get these cherry porters, etc. The the, so. the more beer that we drank uh, just before we left them on the East Bristol Brewery Trail, that you had the sour one, also had that kind of burnt cherry note to it, it as well it was a lot more burnt than right. this one like i'm saying like lingering in the back burnt like if you weren't looking for the taste you wouldn't notice it's just adding to to the taste profile while the one i had which i can't remember what it was called that was like oh yes there's a burnt note and a bit of a cherry note and they're working well together this is like a this is really easy to drink oh it's interesting oh what's interesting about it ah it's slightly burnt lightly acrid but like you have to look for it the other one was much more bird forward if that was a term which it is now <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> we just coin phrases here it's okay uh, i don't think i need to coin a phrase with this uh with cheese from pressure drop there's like um, no head to that hey th- 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 almost nothing uh it pulled with a little bit but not like oh, you put it right in the light amount. it's it's i was like over there there we go um <laughs> so you can't see my face i just peer over hello um yeah not very much head with it at all and it's a lovely orange color as well like more in the light um when you get about there you kind of get the color of it it's a lovely orange color almost a solid block of color as well and that nose has little hints of mango but it does show that dankness to it like almost as soon as i cracked that can that waft of kind of weedy dankness maybe maybe kind of more edging towards pine um kind of cracked straight out of that can more so than the than the sort of that mango flavor that i'm getting off of it but it's incredibly smooth like ridiculously so like there's almost no carbonation to it like just enough of a hint that it pushes some lovely sweet flavors right to the fore um lovely sweet mango in that straight away 
And actually those dank notes kind of sit in the background really, really well. This It's not a beer which kind of flows between those flavors and going, here is that, those tropical fruits. We're going into a bit more of a pininess. Here is that dankness that's, that's kind of edging in. It's kind of like, here's the tropical flavors. Here's the dankness. And it's floating around just mm. underneath those. It's kind of like here and it just sits underneath that really, really well. Pressure Drop are one of those breweries that are almost like magicians where they can just balance a beer so, so well. Um, that, that, that kind of there's a tiny bit of orange in here as well which comes through like there's so many little bits that are kind of coming through from this that it, it just it just works it works so so well oh my god I want more of this <laughs> luckily you have a lot of it left I mean not I mean it's not going to be around for very very long um, it's, I'm going to pour the rest into my glass now so I can absolutely just nail this beer um this is I'm gonna the... go <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what I love about kind of like a New England it's it's full of fruit absolutely full of fruit and it just it just kind of I mean it's is it in New England because it's got that little bit of like little bit of piney bitterness it wants to kind of almost be towards the mountains a little bit it's edging towards kind of west coast not quite there no nowhere near there. But it's and it's not quite soft stone fruit kind of flavors. It's edging a bit more towards a tropical kind of note. Um, but it it, it it is soft. It, that that mouthfeel is incredibly soft on this. Um, this is just too good. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so you've sold me, friend. I'm done. I'm done. I'm gonna, I'm gonna... I feel like I need the can of that not like i need to buy more beer but you you are selling it <laughs> that's it to be fair no one needs to buy more beer but everyone needs to buy more beer um one <laughs> yes yeah uh i yeah that's let's i'm gonna shut up and just drink this um and we will uh jump into the talking points for our episode um Kimberly, we, we started with you on the previous episode about the games that you'd kind of been playing recently uh, um, and delving into sort of like the, the, the Star Wars games. But what kind of stuff do you tend to gravitate towards? I know I kind of mentioned, you know, because a few of the games that you'd mentioned were more Star Warsy. y um, Was it that kind of, was it the franchise that you kind of went more towards? No, um, I think sometimes I get a game. I mean, like, I generally I don't go online and play um, because I like to, I, I guess because I do so many jobs and so many creative things and I'm around people quite a lot. I usually like to play games as a insular kind of me on my own kind of vibe sure. <laughs> where I can get lost in it. And I don't know whether it is like, um, you know, kind of my neurodivergence. Um, it's almost like a... It's the only way I can get lost and, you know, if I'm feeling, especially like because I suffer from anxiety sometimes and I find the games quite soothing and mm. it's it's a nice distraction and sometimes going online, like I remember when I used to go online and go on Call of Duty, like people shouting at each other and stuff and I'm like, this is not for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I do like a game I can get, you know, immersed in, I can lose myself. So it's 
it's not necessarily about that so i do like playing on story mode i wouldn't generally go online but i feel like star wars got me in terms of like battlefront because i was mm. like i feel like i'm in the film this time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and right. i feel like it got me because i was like by all these different characters and that's probably the only like the only times it's probably mario kart when i used to play online and play kids when i was playing mario kart on the wii that i've really enjoyed playing online with like people and being on that experience whereas normally it's quite a insular lone experience mm. for me game so normally i would go for things with like i guess long long story modes um that i can kind of dip in and out of um but i do like going back to retro games so when i had the xbox i would always get like the sega mega drive collection and relive my youth and play like streets of rage for example <laughs> and nice. you know blast people and stuff like that <laughs> and then because i've got a switch as well so i do love mario kart like i really yeah i think i get, get obsessed with mario kart um so when i got a switch i was like because i was traveling away a lot i got a switch because i was like I can play it in my hotel when i'm away for work and it's quite good for me to have a couple of games um but i i do love mario kart and playing kind of things like that but because of the switch i got the you know the retro um pac-man where you play it on the big mm. screen <laughs> Nice. And it's got like house music, like techno music, and it, it's quite it's quite an intense experience from you know compared to when you're a child and you play Pac-Man. But I do like getting the retro games out occasionally and the retro games collections and you know revisiting things like because I used to really like things like Altered Beast when I was a kid and Fucking I think classic. I can go back to the old games occasionally and because um, I live in Leamington Spa at the moment. Um, it's it's very gaming heavy and there's a lot of gaming mm. developed sometimes i'll be in the pub and i'll i remember one day i was having a pint and i was sitting next to this guy and i was like what do you do and he was like um i'm a games developer and he developed like the old school micro machines for the sega mega drive and i was proper fangirling and like my husband was like what is wrong with you and i was like this game i was obsessed with it when i was <laughs> with the backwards controls and yeah so i think for me gaming's always been like a you know, I Commodore 64 was the thing I started on and it's always been like a, a solitary experience for me. I kind of went around other people's houses to play, but I think for me it was a, it's an escape. Um, mm. So, yeah, so I think the Star Wars thing, it's just because there's more Star Wars games coming out now and our house is like a Star Wars museum. So it blends... Um, my husband's passion with my gaming passion so it's a it's a good it's a good blend oh, is, <laughs> is your husband as into star wars oh my god he's he's it's a, our house is like a star wars museum i'll have to probably take you around it at some point when the nice. lighting is but mm. yeah our, um our house is intense <laughs> he's definitely more into more into star wars than me um but i i'm more into gaming so i feel okay. like it was a good he <laughs> was, uh, yeah, was like yeah. i the star wars games and i kind of get to know like the like you said like the stuff that's not in the books or the off script stuff and i can kind of learn about it but I, i'm definitely more into gaming <laughs> <laughs> chat is the empire am i right yes um yeah i mean everyone's house has got nice star wars though, you? Like oh no don't star say that i don't have any star wars stuff out yet like, oh, like no, I need it's all sort of, you know, has to be, at least in my house, it's sort of confined uh, to one space. Um, so you've, 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 so I have these shelves that I've recently purchased, um, but they're mostly empty. Uh, and that's because, uh, oh, it's because I have boxes and boxes of Lego I need to get around to rebuilding, including 
a Star Destroyer, a Millennium Falcon, the OG Hoth set, uh, Moss Eisley. Oh, the amount of Star Wars Lego I have. And you're just, Ben's like, oh, I've got Star Wars Lego. I do too, but it's just, I could show you a picture of a cardboard box. Or I could go into my drawer and show you the manuals. Oh, man. I've actually got the Death Star behind this bar to build. Oh, I the, like the like the the vignette with like the Death Star with all the vignettes, right? Yeah, and I've I've, I've bought a, I've actually bought a clear display case for it. This is how nerdy. Oh, amazing! So I'm just like maybe when I get back from celebration, that'll be my like. We'll build the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I re I really like the new uh, um, AT AT model, the Atat. Um, yeah. The, oh, I, see, I have the the big, the big. Yeah, version, you're talking the about the like the pound version because yeah. it's it is to scale with a minifig, and yeah. it's like, oh no, I I need that. And then Lego yeah. are like, why don't you buy this? And the Hoth, uh, like battle pack, which is more minifigs to fit in to the 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 Atat. I'm like, yes, yes, of course, mm. I'm going to buy that as well. I'm like. I really shouldn't buy this. It's a good time yeah. to tell you I get a discount on Lego. <laughs> I, I have been. I want the I want the ATST as well. The Hoth one. Oh, the one that they just they just yeah. released, which is it's like forty five quid for like That's two legs and a little head. And I'm like, oh. oh. See, and the and the one from the mid two thousands that I have in a box somewhere um, is very shoddily designed. And like okay. that's the thing that I've like noticed is the there's like three tiers of Lego Star Wars sets. So I'm a big Lego nerd. Um, and the OG ones are like really simply designed, yeah. but then the play sets are play sets. And so yeah. they're quite big and, and elaborate. And then then there's the um fancy ones that you're talking about. Like the like like the like there's there's like seven Millennium Falcons and then there's the fancy ass, like three times the price, but giant Millennium Falcon, right? But the modern play sets, the ones that they sell currently in the Lego store, are all vastly inferior to their, like, 10 years ago version. Mm. So, like, the Moss Eisley that came out in 2011 has got probably one and a half to two times the amount of pieces. And it's just more intricate and not, it's nicer looking than the Moss Eisley they're selling now, which is, like, just a cramped thing that you unfold. And it's like, ah, oh, kids will play with this one. It doesn't need details. And it's like, ah, oh, that's it's, it's kind of shitty because it's like, if you want the detail, you have to wait for them to re-release it in a 10 times the price version. Oh, I, see what you, I do get what you mean. It was pretty quick to put yeah. together. <laughs> but, like, but, like, 10 years ago... Yeah. 12 years ago um they were ha they had like basically the second wave of lego star wars sets where they re-released things with modern techniques was like i think the best version of it's a kid could do make this but it looks pretty enough for adults to buy and then since yeah. then they've clearly realized that like adults there's enough adults with money that we don't have to <laughs> cater to them to buy this the the, the play sets we'll just cater to them to buy the 10 times in more expensive sets and yeah. it's a shame because I think they've dumbed down the kid sets. I, I com completely. I, I I found that with the um with the Slave One kit the, or what they're calling Fire Spray now. Um, that is, oh, and I looked at the stats online. It's about twenty percent less um, pieces, and oh. it's about an inch, about two inches smaller in height and an inch and a half in width, kind of thing. And so they've made it a little bit more compact. It's less pieces. 
and it probably retails at about the same price same that the price original too. one did. The same with the uh, the the Luke's X-wing that I've got as well. Mm. That is the modern version of it, which is oh, that's which, so tiny. But but the, the well, let's not get too into this. But <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah, day. I'm going to go behind my bar in a minute and get the bag of Lego boxes exactly. I've got yet. So actually, yeah. like Luke's X-wing. Uh is a really good model the, the, the oh it looks one, real good actually the yeah. modern one is a really good model because like these bits are much better than the previous version and it's kind of like yeah that looks yeah that looks pretty it's pretty robust it's, it's definitely quite, smaller it's, it's it, it is smaller just but it's like but it's it has very, the right like profile it's very well built i'll say that about it it's very so whoever designed i it, think you I was like, you mean well designed, because otherwise job. you're patting yourself on the back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, right, it's very, very well, well, yes, well, yes, well designed. <laughs> yes. What an excellent model that I've made. Um, <laughs> the only thing I will say that I don't like about it is that the um, lightsaber lightsaber has nowhere to go. Right? There's these little hooks in the back oh, which so suggest that they should go there, but but the handle would, but the rest of it doesn't. Whereas. Uh, um, get out of the way, Mando. Um, oh, uh, the Naboo Starfighter. Starfighter. I'm really enjoying this, it's, and it's I'm so sad a, I have it's, nothing. It's built. got a little. Um, where is it? Oh, it's underneath the wing. It's got a little hook. Oh, oh that's so smart. In. So actually, so you know, however you have it, because I need to get some stands. How do you have it like angled, hanging out in your house? Yeah. You can just yeah. fit it all together. Perfect. Um, Brilliant. By, by, by get some stands, you can Lego. build something. <laughs> <laughs> Going to do an hour on Lego next time. Yeah, yes. there's, there's a whole box of like old school it, things behind here that I need to build. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's just keeping on theme because last episode was about Lego Star Wars. Absolutely. And now we're talking about Lego Absolutely. Star Wars. Yeah, I but am also... excited because they're meant to be bringing out a BD1 from Fallen Order. So apparently. Oh, Ooh. Yeah, apparently. Nice, so I heard nice. word on the street. I'm excited about that. <laughs> it launches us quite well into our talking point for this episode, which is discussing the uh, uh, the upcoming Star Wars games that have been announced or that we know are kind of in development. Um, so I'm going to just run through really quickly the ones that have been uh, that have been announced, um, and then I'll jump back to both of you to see if any of them kind of tick boxes for you are ones that you kind of want to discuss. So um, we will. Uh, I, I, I've got this from uh, an article over on IGN. Just Star Wars games that are coming out, and I think they cover all of them. I couldn't find any. They're such good at titles that were coming out. Yeah, <laughs> that is literally it. IGN.com/slash/articles/slash/star-wars-video-games. Um, it's perfect. Uh, so Star Wars Hunters, which is the first game that they list um, after showing a bunch of pictures of Lego Star Wars, which has already kind of come out. Yeah. But Star Wars Hunters is this multiplayer kind of uh um is arena it an shooter, arena shooter it? yeah is it though? well i guess not shooter because you can lightsaber okay arena battler Brawler? Combat. Yeah, arena, battler? arena yeah. combat uh, uh game uh the next one is star wars jedi fallen order 2 which is being made again <laughs> by uh by ea and respawn then we've got the Knights of the Old Republic 
remake, which uh, is being made by Aspire. Then it's, as it is just called on here, Respawn's Star Wars first-person shooter, or FPS. Nothing else about that, really. Uh, but again, another Respawn-made uh, game. Uh, we'll, we'll, there's a theme here with EA yeah. and stuff. Uh, uh, then there's the Ubisoft open-world Star Wars game, which again, doesn't at the moment have a title. There's then Star Wars Eclipse, which is being made by Quantic Dream. Oh, um, right, right, right. If you'll recall, <laughs> avid listeners, that last episode I talked about shitty workplace Star Wars made games. That one. Um, then there's the Star Wars and Bit Reactors Star Wars strategy game, which is a uh, Bit Reactor, which I have never heard of, but is a studio formed by uh, Greg uh, Fortch and other Fort- XCOM developers. Uh, XCOM fantastic strategy series uh, mm. and then there is the Amy Hennig and Skydance New Media Star Wars game which Amy Hennig was working on a game called Ragtag uh, codename Ragtag through right. EA and Visceral EA then shut down Visceral and cancelled this project because it probably wasn't working out uh, as they wanted but Amy Hennig is famous for Uncharted uh, yeah. 1 and two and i think about half of three um before she then left naughty dog to go and just do bits and pieces um so out of those i'll I'll run through them very quickly again we have star wars hunters an fps arena combat game jedi fallen order 2 which is a sequel to uh fallen order a solo uh jedi uh experience uh knights of the old republic remake the remake of knights of the old republic uh, a first-person shooter made by Respawn, who are the Titanfall developers. Um, the Ubisoft open-world Star Wars game. That's a big old shrug, who knows? Uh, could be anything. Uh, Star Wars Eclipse, which is the Quantic Dream game. i would just go past that one. Fuck Quantic Dream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, listeners, if you like Quantic Dream. Um, then there's the other Respawn game, the strategy game, which is the made by the XCOM. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Respawn yeah. and Bit Reactor, the, the strategy game. And then the Amy Hennig and Skylands New Media Star Wars game. Uh, Kimberly, I'll come to you first. I actually, I actually want to know a lot about the last one. Mm. <laughs> Just because I like Uncharted. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think that one's going to be interesting. Um, but obviously we don't know the time frames when these games are going to come out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that one. I mean, I never, you know, Hunters, I... I was reading a lot about it. I mean, obviously, you know, anything with like Imperial Troopers, Rebellion Heroes, Bounty, <laughs> I feel like it's going to be for me. So yeah. I'll probably will still give that one a whirl. <laughs> the others, are, I mean, except for obviously New Fallen Order, which I am hoping um, we will get a reveal at Star Wars Celebration and I will be mm. on the, there on the day it happens. I am willing that to happen. I'm like, please, I need, <laughs> I need another fix, please. No. So, so yeah, that one totally. Nice. Um, so I will say that uh, Star Wars Hunters, one of the th- interesting things about it is that it's um, Switch, iOS, Android. Yeah. So I'm expecting it to try and be Fortnite. So yeah, same. Uh, yeah. So what I, but that also means that you definitely will be able to play as Jawas and Ewoks and whatnot because like it's about a spread of, of like Fortnite is great because you can be all these different characters and skins. So I'm really curious about that how that'll be, though I don't play mobile games really anymore. 
or at least definitely not this type of mobile game. Uh, I actually didn't know until you like told us about this uh, topic. I didn't know about the Bit Reactor Respawn game, but that I mean, I love strategy games. I trust Bit Reactor and Respawn. Boy, do I want to know what that is. And what I will say is, especially all of them, especially the especially the Amy, Hen Amy Hennig one is. I God, I hope they just are different things in the universe and they don't retread the stuff we know. Yes. Yeah. Star Wars is such a cool place, and I just don't give a shit about the Skywalkers. I mean, <laughs> I love Skywalker Saga. <laughs> it, not like obviously I, I do, but like we we know their story, right? And yeah, we have this great like game that's yeah. yeah. One of the reasons why, so like I really didn't like Episode Nine, um, and The Mandalorian brought me back to the series because it was all new stuff. And like one of the things I like mildly complained about back on our, our sister podcast, who's been the you know on the back burner for a while, Geek Out Weekly is when we talk about the Mandalorian, it's like every time they try to tie closer into the Star Wars canon, like the Luke reveal and stuff, and it's only gotten more so in the latest season, that made me less into it because I liked that it was an off point in the series we didn't know about and a bunch of characters we just didn't know about, but we knew how the world worked. And like Amy Hennig's game, I'm super excited for until they tell me it's something I already know about because I don't need to do Uncharted the solo movie right like i don't need to live that i want i want to see something new in that world because i get because one of the best things about star wars is the fans know how the world basically works that's why coder was really interesting the original coder right because we know how the like the physics of the universe works mm -hmm. and we know the basic like dark side light side stuff but we don't know the early history and that history tied and became the foundation and it was so well written that it made sense when you went thousands of years back that this is where the Jedi and Sith would come from and all that stuff. That's why KOTOR was so good. It was well written, but it, it leaned on the bits of a universe we knew and gave us more information. I want all of these things to do that. <laughs> Yeah. every single project um I, including hunters the mobile game i want yeah. new lore <laughs> yeah. i mean I, i'm wondering if hunters is gonna have you know the essence of you know on um battlefront you can play like ewok hunt and you yeah. know like they're trying to hunt you in the in the like and you're like that one really scares me so i can't play it <laughs> i'm wondering if it will have that essence about it where you know there's that kind of like you know i want to scare people and like you're like I, I definitely am interested in what, wondering what's going to go on there. I, I, I can tag in different people and playing. There's like, you know, like when you play like the dog fights and stuff and you bring your friends mm, in, I feel like yeah. I had a vibe about it. I don't know. It's Zynga. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to be optimistic. No, absolutely. You know? yeah. As we should be about all of these, uh, about all no, of these games. But yeah, I mean, there terrible people don't well let's so we'll, we'll say uh, and we, we should have uh, I, I should have corrected uh, when i said fuck brewdog uh i should have said in the previous episode fuck brewdog the corporation not the hundreds of employees yeah. who uh, who work for them and that's the same for a lot of these places like ubisoft there have been some high profile fucking awful humans working for them who are right at the top and they've got a corporate culture which just allows them to fucking abuse people. Fuck Ubisoft, absolutely. The company. 
yeah. but not a lot of the people who will be putting in hours and hours and hours of their time and skill into putting together whatever their open world game is. And Adol, you and I, we've enjoyed um, some previous Ubisoft games like The Division yeah. and, and things like that. Uh, um, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the original kind of uh, Assassin's Creed games and things as well. So Ubisoft are very good at making open world games because they have a lot of sure. talent and a lot of skill. Um, yeah, it depends which studio is uh, yeah. is is making it. Um, it looks like at least this uh, the IGN article says it will be a story driven open world adventure built in Massive's own Snowdrop engine. I don't know whether it's being developed by Massive. Yes, it is. So, uh, yeah. massive are good. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, so, they made the division. I'm ex- so. Yeah, I'm expecting something akin to... So, it's supposed to be open-worldy. I'm I'm expecting it to be, like, gritty division troopery rebel-y thing, right? Like, if it's in the right engine, it's by the same studio who who's done the... And to be honest, like, Division 1, I really liked the lore and the way they wrote the story that you could just play the game or delve further into it and if i didn't have such a strong opinion of ubisoft i would uh, i would be keen on seeing how that like approach would be in star wars right mm-hmm. um so like I, obviously it's it, like everyone has their choice as consumers i'm not saying you you're a bad person for playing these games i'm saying i choose not to to play it because yes there are people who are putting their blood sweat and tears in but also like the, the way games industry works, a lot of these people get laid off every game anyway, so they would could get, like, if Ubisoft folded, another company would hire them because there'd be a gap, and, like, we just... That's my personal opinion. Anyway, sorry, that, I'm sidetracking. What I'm saying is, it's interesting because it's that specific uh, engine which suggests an approach, which, again, I'm super keen on, like, a story where it's just a rebel trooper who isn't uh a jedi or a skywalker like you know i really liked um the og uh fps um dark forces games but like one mm. of the things that sucked about the jedi games was like kyle was just a dude which was cool and then he became a jedi by the end because star wars has to jedi but like <laughs> if they if they like but that's like that, i mean it was a different time where that was definitely the case but now star wars is so big that you can just not do that. You can just have a guy who's good at shooting and bounty hunting or, you know, rebelling. And he stays at that, and that's fine. I'm sorry. It doesn't have to be a guy. It could be anyone, obviously. I was just thinking about Kyle Katarin. Well, so let's let's kind of jump into uh, Fallen Order 2, right? Mm. Uh, Kimberly, you've already mentioned Fallen Order. Um, I, I enjoyed Fallen Order... But I could not give a shit about the characters. <laughs> nothing, nothing about that game. I know uh, what you mean. Yeah, nothing yeah. about it kind of pulled me into uh, as the original Star Wars film did when I was a kid, and I watched it. Was like, I need to know about this. What is this? What is going on? I'm like six, and I have to consume everything I possibly can about Star Wars because what are these characters? This game was just like. Yeah, just I'm a Jedi. I'm kind of on the run. I'm kind of hanging out. Me, the it was it was the baddies that hooked me in more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. baddie stories. I know they were short and sweet, but it was almost like they felt like they had more of a character arc. Absolutely. So yes. Yes. It was that, that hooked me in, not the main protagonist and the people that he was sharing. Obviously, like the journey with it was that it was the baddies that hooked me mm. in, and I wanted to 
more about them and because there were so many and I feel like actually I need to know more about their story and I think that that's what's hooking me in and seeing where their journeys have gone as well um so so I think for me it was like that was the the flip and yeah I, I think yeah I, I just enjoyed it I think it was that it was that that kind of kept me going really not necessarily <laughs> like Cal <laughs> yes yeah absolutely and it, I mean I think that's maybe where the Amy Hennig game might take us in a slightly different direction because she is excellent at character writing or, or developing games which are really focused in on characters and yeah. it doesn't necessarily need to be uh, an uncharted clone but the ragtag game she was developing which was a slightly more open world experience but was more like a gta 5 where you were switching between a few kind of characters in this bigger open world setting be interesting to see if that is the game that they are looking at or something similar is what they're looking at developing and i know through um reading jason schreier's first book uh, what's that one called blood sweat and pixels maybe that yeah. the star wars 1313 bounty hunter game which was being made uh, and was coming along very well was then just uh, just absolutely destroyed by George Lucas coming in and essentially saying, oh, it's going to be a Boba Fett game now. And they're like, no. No, yeah. that wasn't the plan. Now we have to rewrite fucking everything. <laughs> and him going, oh, no, but you should do this. Oh, no, but you yeah. should do this. Oh, no. So it, it, it's, it's nice to see Star Wars, at least under Disney, as they kind of done with Avengers games or, 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 or that Marvel end of things going, make a game. Yeah, we're not gonna fuck you around too much. Just, just to, this is kind of canon. Make a game, yeah. And I think it's kind of one of those where we're like, right, the Ubisoft game, an open world multiplayer game, great for either like the Clone Wars or or, or even like the the New Republic kind of era. As long as you are set in that kind of, we're not we're not all Jedi's grouping yeah. together. We are, you know, fodder. And this is this experience and the story that we're kind of going to be going through. Or having those single-player experiences going, here is that Jedi's experience, and this is how we have written it. Can, can I... Okay, so the Amy Henning game, it seems like the three of us are super keen on because it, it, there's so much potential. Yeah. I want to know, and then I'll tell you my idea, but what okay. what your dream idea of what that game could be, like like era and like main Ooh. character type. Ooh. And if you want, I can go first if you want need to think. But if you have an idea of like, oh, if I could get some sort of well-designed narrative art game with a character from Star Wars, what would it be? I, I, I do have that game. I do have exactly what I want to see Amy Henning writing. Oh, all right, go for it. Uh, I, I want it to be um, Vader, as, as Vader, as the main character, going around hunting Jedi. That's what I want to see. I want to see a fucking brutal, absolutely brutal Vader just yeah. mercilessly hunting Jedi through the galaxy. You, you want the actual end to the first trilogy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sort of. But the, the one of my favorite Star Wars games... One of my favorite Star Wars games is The Force Unleashed. Because oh, it's so good. There was this kind of... Move the Star Destroyer. Yeah, such a good moment. Really such a fucking good but moment. But it's kind of like the whole battle 
and as the original trilogy yeah. of films kind of tries to pull you towards is Luke's story, this battle between being light side and dark side and all of this kind of thing. I kind of want that. I want this thing invader to be like, fuck you. Oh, but am I am I a nice kind of guy? No, I'm not a nice kind of guy. But I could be like, no, I'm not oh, a nice kind of guy. Just picture everyone as sand people, as Tuscan Raiders, and I'll fucking murder all of you. Like, uh, you know, I kind oh, of... Oh, I really like that. Like that emotional tension of, I've chosen the dark side, but I haven't succumbed fully to it. Mm. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Ah. yeah. And, and I think yeah. that... I explained it, I'm with you, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you just wanted to, to to like hunt Sam Jackson or something. <laughs> Wait, I know he's already. Is he cano- yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's canonically, he's canonically alive. dead. He, no, he's alive. alive. Yeah, he's canonically alive. Right, yeah, yeah. Because right. I think he's basically talked them round to being like, I want to be able to come into any movie that I ever yeah. want to be able to. So just make me canonically alive. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, right, fine. <laughs> Kimberly, do you have an idea or? You know what I. I set myself up to fail when I have ideas and the issue is <laughs> I'd rather leave it open and I don't want to think about it because I want it to be a pleasant surprise and I That's feel fair. like I don't know whether this is the pessimistic side of me coming up, but I feel like if I have this vision in my head it's almost like when you're going to see a film that you've really been waiting for for months and you have a vision of what it's going to be for. like and then you're almost setting yourself up for this like slight disappointment and I don't want to do this <laughs> with this game. I, I kind of just want to not think about it, and then I see until the trailer, it comes out, trailer and I'm like, <laughs> oh. and that's what I want to feel. Um, so I, I, that's fair. I mean, I'm with your idea as you've explained it, mm. but I, like I don't want to make my own concept, and oh. I don't want I don't want to be disappointed because I feel like that's this fair. one has out of all the ones you've described, this one has the most promise. It's the, definitely the most potential rhythm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my idea is like, okay, so is is not. But it's not going to be correct, right? But it's like, oh, talented writers, what would I want to see them try and tackle? It's called Journey to the Moth. And it's about Grand Moff Tarkin's journey to becoming Grand Moff Tarkin. But, like, from early days. And so there's almost no action. It's all, like, like there definitely is, because he definitely had to... To be Grand Moff Tarkin, he had to lead, like... Be in good battles and then lead good battles because that's how the Empire works. But really, it's about the intrigue and his political machinations to get to the point where he is literally above Vader by the end of the game. And then we start the New Hope. I want to see that narrative that we've never seen. But also, it's really just about an old man becoming an old man who's powerful. Obviously, he was an old man in the beginning. But like, I really like the idea of... Like someone like Amy Hennig could write that. It's not going to happen, I know, but like I would love to see that kind of angle on this huge name who was given this like screen time. Grand Moff Tarkin is is one of the biggest characters in Star Wars because he wasn't on screen for very long, but it was such a presence, right? And like, how do you become? To the point where the Emperor trusts you more than Vader is a question that's never answered, and I'd love to find that out. Um, I I don't think your idea is that out of the realms of possibility, because I, I've just tried to Google it, but I can't find anything. I'm pretty sure Skydance <laughs> Media, who are, who are making this game with Annie Hennick, um, jumped in to save Telltale Games. 
and to finalize the walking dead season three final few episodes i may be wrong in this but i'm pretty sure that's correct telltale games are now a thing again so it's not out of the realms of possibility that skynet's new media telltale games and amy hemming are all working together to create a choice based story driven star wars game in which, oh, which would be could perfect probably for be what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it doesn't happen, we'll all go, oh. Yeah. Oh, well, you built your hopes up there, love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <And the> worst, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But who, like, who knows? It's, a, it's that type of thing that I really want to highlight is like, give me a backstory of someone we like have regard for and don't need, but would be interesting. I, I, I don't need to know how Han Solo got his name <laughs> cheers to that <laughs> no and it's it's one of the reasons why i really like the um from a certain point of view books which have been written by a bunch of authors who aren't in the star wars pantheon of kind of writers who have been brought in to write little short stories and novellas uh within the star wars universe and and the first two books from a new hope and from empire strikes back are fantastic in just giving a little bit more information on all of these like side characters and and even even new characters characters that you've never kind of uh, even thought about uh, um there's some some great ones in the uh, the empire strikes back version of uh, a certain point of view where they're kind of like all revolving around the the battle of hoth and it's just talking about people that you you know they might not have even been like on screen this is this character. It might just be someone completely different that they just kind of talk about their experience of what happens during that. And it's like, oh, this is these are the stories that I want. Just not like necessarily mundane, everyman kind of stories, but stuff that hasn't been tread before. Uh, um, so yeah, I can, I can, yeah, that's that, that that's it, definitely. Feel like we're all in like imagining mode now. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, we're we're all picturing our ideal Star Wars game. <laughs> um, can, can I ask? But I mean, I know we're we're you know at, at nearing the end of the podcast, but um, did you guys play Kotor? And are you excited about the Kotor remake? Because I've played Kotor. I don't think I care. I think I could play the original Knights of the Old Republic and be fine. I don't know why, but this remake just doesn't grip me. And I think I'm the one out because everyone else in the world seems to be like, who's played Knights of the Old Republic is super keen. And I'm like, but the good one, like it was good. It was good. I would play it again. I don't know. I I feel really weird about it because it should be something I'm excited about. I I didn't play it. So it will be all fresh for me. So I'm I'm exempt. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm, I'm in the middle. Um, I did play it, but I didn't finish it. Oh, it's very good. You should so it. it's one of those games where I'm like, right, okay, well, that's like a backlog game that I haven't finished. Oh, right. a new updated modern version yeah, okay. is coming out. Yes, I will absolutely play that one instead because I'm, yeah, I'm not the kind right. of person that cares really about uh, backlogs of games or, or for game services to have games that have come out a year or 10 years ago. I rarely right. go back to games from again unless it's a multiplayer game that we've decided to get into and we're, we're yeah. playing a little bit more of 
rarely go back to games from kind of a couple of years ago unless it's something glaring that I've absolutely missed. Uh, but or like a sequel comes out that you're like, ah, I'll play like Mass Effect 2 because I never mm. got around to it before Mass Effect 3 comes out or something. Yes, mm. yes. But generally, uh, you know, I kind of play most of the big releases as they come out. And at least in the Star Wars kind of vein, you know, I brought Squadrons Day 1. I brought... Uh, um, oh, you <laughs> I brought... Uh, uh, um, the fucking new one. What's I've, it's gone from my mind. The one that we're getting a sequel to, Star Wars Jedi. Fallen right? Order. Fallen Order. Yes, I brought that day one. Uh, um, you know, I, I picked Star Wars games up day one usually. Um, so going back to KOTOR is not something I will right. do. Yeah. Uh, so yes, the, the, the remake is definitely like a, yeah, I will play that. Absolutely. I, I think... To get the best out of that, I'll probably have to get a PlayStation Five. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I mean, you'll have to. There's no. There, yeah, what are you going to do? do I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I keep telling Kim I've got to buy one now, but she doesn't agree with me. Um, <laughs> you know, but there, there's better stuff to spend our money on than PlayStations and Lego. And I'm like, is there? Though? I don't think there is. Who needs yeah, you've furniture? Got find, you've got to find your joy. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. exactly. Lego, <laughs> Lego retains its price better than gold. I it should does. be buying all the Lego. Yeah. yeah, so the problem is, though, that only works with uh, sealed in box. Mm. That's not uh, fun. Which, yeah. <laughs> there's a reason why I have a lot of Lego, and it is worth not as much money as it could be, because I built it, and also... I was moving around the world a bunch, so I threw out the boxes. Oh. And it turns out, I didn't realize that used, but mint boxes is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's fine. I don't care, because I didn't buy it as an investment. I bought it so I could build a thing. Yeah. To play. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good. Right. Let's finish it there, then, for this episode. Um and jump back into the beers that we have drunk. Kimberly, we'll come back to the uh, to the beer that you drank. Was it was it called Bacta Tank? It's just Bacta. Oh, just Bacta. It is. It. I, I, re I read a lot of the reviews for this before we actually got into this can, and a lot of them said that it had a bitter coffee finish. I don't agree. I don't oh, agree at all. Okay. The coffee was quite balanced for me um, mm. on the first taste. Yes, I I sensed it was there. My fourth sense was telling me it was there, but it was <laughs> overpowering, like they were suggesting. What I have to say is there's definitely a boozy finish. You almost get that. You know, like when you watch the Quantro advert and they're like Quantro glow. That's what I'm getting right now. Nice. You know, when you go for Christmas and you have um, someone's made a Christmas cake and they've just overly shared it, yep. yeah. but it's not booziness. You know, I'm not getting heartburn from it. It's just a nice glow that I mm. will... You know, sway a little bit and enjoy the rest of the evening. It's a nice, tangible, like... Yeah. It's not like a, oh, my God, my chest is burning. This is way too boozy, and I feel it's like... A, it's not straight whiskey. Yeah, basically. It's like a, yeah, like a nice, chilled, smooth, end-of-night whiskey vibe. <laughs> so nice. I, I am enjoying it. It is, um, for a 12%, it is very... Um, I think the flavours, as I've kind of gone through it, I'm still not getting the hazelnut, even though it says it's there. Oh, the I was going to ask you how much yeah. Ferrero Rocher or Nutella no. there was. 
Definitely not. Like yeah. a lot of people, they sense the hazelnut. I have not got it once. It's the honey for mm. me that is the kind of overriding like note that's coming through for me, but not in like a, you know, sometimes when you have manuka honey and it just like you feel it in your mm. nose and it's yeah. like a nice smooth honey and it's really complementing the dark chocolate flavors in there um i'm not sensing the nutty flavors at all but it's still enjoyable um i'm not that you know upset about not sensing the nutty flavors in it it's still enjoyable and yeah i would definitely have it again but i've only got one more can so i might have to uh-huh. preserve celebration because people won't be happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair Amazing. Um, it's kind of one of those beers that I kind of want to get in front of Lucy because Lucy loves a hazelnut beer as well. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to have seen if she'd have if she'd have picked that out as well. Yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to try all these side by side yeah. because this one I know this one's like peanutty, mm. but I'd like to see how much the peanut comes through. And then this one is a hazelnut one as well, so it would have oh, been. Yeah. To try the side by side and just see if that comes out. Um, I just didn't. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get the nut, but the, but the honey. Sometimes for me, when honey's in beers, I find it just too like Meaty. overpowering. Yeah, yeah, and it's just not enjoyable. For I mean, I could probably have a small third of it, but beyond that, it would be too much and too over the top. Whereas yeah. this is the honey. However, they've done it it's really enjoyable and it's adding like a luxurious texture nice. and it's and it's soft and it's nice and subtle and it's making me want to go back so um definitely want to track it down <laughs> i think honey beers as well um kind of almost come in two flavors uh, either far too much honey or just nowhere near enough that they just mm. d- doesn't present in the in the That's, flavor very much. I don't know if you recall a couple months ago. Uh, I had because um, I was given these beers I'd never heard of from a brewery. That was a honey like a yeah. It was an apiary con- connected to a brewery, and and the, and the first couple I had because I got a like a multi pack as a gift, uh, and I, I the first thing I said was like. I guess there's honey in this mm. on two of them. And then one of them was like, there was honey in this. Like yeah. it was so interesting. Like it exemplified exactly what you were saying, which is like, I think honey's just either it's just a sweetener, mm. which is fine. But then you really have to work to figure out why it's honey as a sweetener versus something else. Or it's like, Hey, 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 hey <laughs> this is honey. Yes, I am with you totally. This this is the definitely the most balanced like mm. honey tasting beer I have had. Um, as you said, it's normally too sickly, or like you said, I'm like, meh. Where is it? I don't okay. know. Yeah, I get their <laughs> sweetness, but you could have used whatever; it wouldn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. This makes me super curious because I don't think I've ever had a balanced honey. Like I, I like yeah. like Ben was saying, I think I've only ever had it as like, yeah. Okay, I can tell that it's honey sweetening it because I'm, like, because the crunching the numbers and <laughs> yeah, or because yeah, exactly yeah, it's like, well, uh, grapefruit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, hey, I'm filled with honey. There's nothing yeah. else through. I'm just honey. <laughs> yeah. What what if we just made this beer taste like mead? <laughs> right, I mean, like mead's great, but it's mead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I sometimes find that with like, you know, you know, like when you're having payroll stouts and they have maple syrup in, it just gets a bit too syrupy and a bit too like, as a soy saucy, do you know what I mean? I just, it's too much. Like yeah. they, they overpower it. Um, and it's a fine line when it says it's got maple in it. I'm always a bit like, kind of want it, but I'm just worried there's going to be too much in it. Mm. Yeah. I, I... At least with maple versus honey, there's a, a slight, like, a, or at least, I mean, I'm Canadian, so maybe it's just me, but they, there's a distinctive note of maple sweetness that I can pinpoint. So you could do it subtly, and I'd be like, there's maple. While honey, I feel like I don't know as well, maybe, but it's just like, if it's not subtle, it could be anything. So don't brag that it's honey. And if if you, if I know it's honey, you've overdone it. Yeah. And so I now like I. Maple be a swap between us, and <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, so see how we a b it, right? Ah, yeah. you know what makes honey a b. <laughs> um, too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point to jump into the beer that you've drunk, uh, Adol. Oh yeah, I forgot we hadn't gone there. Um, I really liked the more barrel aged dark ale <laughs> sour series one. Sorry, that's a mouthful, and it was a mouthful. It's really good. Um. I the one thing I will say is it's by the end of it um it became less sour feeling. Mm. It became much more just like just a dark ale. Like I got used to this I mean I opened with saying it's a really light sour and so it's a good introductory sour and so as my palate adapted to it it was like yeah it's it's like a cherry dark ale. That's how I would say. Like which is again not a problem but I would just say like it's not like for what the range of a sour beer could be once you get used to this this is just a cherry dark ale which is very good and again reinforces what i was saying um and i think now i'm super curious i'm even more curious what sour series two will be whether whether because i i really just want to know whether moore's trying to do like a here's a sour series for people who don't know don't know or aren't used to or maybe might not like sours here's a series of beers that will make them be like ah oh, this is interesting i want more or whether it was i want more yeah. um or whether it um uh, or whether this happens to be the uh this happened to be sort of a nice way way to finish and the next one might be actually more sour forward like whether it's going to be like here's a plateau of a sourness that we're aiming for or whether it's like here's a like a, a an incline that we're going to go up and the next one's going to be more sour. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, if, any, if anything, it's easier for me to recommend for any beer drinker and it makes me even more curious about the rest. So I think, nice. yeah. And, and what does it say about the sour series on the back? I just wondered how they introed it in and whether it was like meant to be a, almost like oh. an someone that was not used to that palette if you know what i mean yeah i mean this is what i wish it said uh some more never does a lot of flavor text so i'll reread the flavor text this is barrel aged dark ale sour series one a compelling barrel aged dark ale with sour cherry notes brewed and canned by more mm. oh, yeah <laughs> i kind of i kind of feel like it would have been better to i guess i feel like it was an entry level kind of sour and kind yeah. of hoping that two will take you up and not yeah i i really hope it's not the plateau that they're just aiming yeah. for the same type of sour i'm really hoping it will be this incline of like building you up buttercup um sorry <laughs> felt like i needed to do that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, uh, I'm... Hey, welcome to Tanked Up. This is the point of the night where Adil definitely derails things with nonsensical references. Yeah, pretty, but like, right at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, ben wants to wrap up. He's got a family. Adil just keeps talking, even now. How's the cheese? Cheese. I mean, I, I don't know about the, like, not quite gingham, but slightly... Uh... Oh, I believe... So my theory was it was a cheesecloth. Like, really yeah, close in on a cheesecloth. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. I, mean, I hate cheese. So, um, yeah, I don't know. This, what is, this is the one thing um, that, like, cheese. yeah, I, fucking hate cheese. I love Ben, but I, I just don't understand him as a human oh, in this respect. Wow, like, I mean, I, I, this is another podcast, we can just edge over this. It's fine. It's, I mean, I, lo- I, I, I love cheese from Pressure Drop. <laughs> um, it, this, it's your this favorite was, cheese. This beer was you know great. This, favorite yes, cheese, Ben. Exactly. This is my favorite cheese. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's 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 really good. Uh, lots of lovely mango in there. Lots of lovely piney dankness, uh, uh, weedy notes to it as well. Really, really easy to drink. If you want a dank, weedy beer, drink this every every single fucking day. Um, there are weedier danker beers i you know this isn't like the weediest beer i've had but it is <laughs> it's it's that way uh absolutely uh, and it's, it's a beer you'd have in california but not amsterdam oh yes yeah absolutely it's the california i mean but it's a new england ipa it's not a west coast ipa uh, but it, as as i think i said uh, when i was describing it, it it edges that way almost actually as a beer uh, um, mm. It's not those light stone fruits that you would kind of expect. Uh, um, that, that, that nice soft kind of fruity notes that you would expect from a New England. It does have a bit of a harshness. It is edging a little bit more tropical fruitiness as well. But it's really fucking good. Drink cheese. Don't eat it because it's disgusting. But drink cheese. <laughs> I'm, I'm not with you. you know, the, the phrase "the cheese stands alone." That's where I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> is that a phrase? I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I heard it in like a random TV episode, but I think like it the is Simpsons, probably. I think it's it might a have been song. It, it's 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 part. It's a lyric. It's part of a line from The Farmer and the Dell. There you go. See, see, I didn't the make it. Farmer and the Dell. Farmer and the Dell. I don't remember the rest. See, we're vibing. What? Yeah. Like it. You don't it's, like. It's because we're not we're not cheese hate. I don't know the cheese songs. Sorry. Yeah, um, me straight after this. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Do, wait, is is the farm in the dell not a thing you guys know is that like a north american nursery rhyme can you you can drop me a link like maybe um after i finish this 12 percent, i'll be vibing to that <laughs> <laughs> just a nursery rhyme but we're all going for it just absolutely loving life um perfect perfect uh, <laughs> uh oh kiss of death in the uh chat says i think it's an american song yeah uh, fair enough yeah. So there we go. Confirmation from one the Dario, The Farmer in the Dell. Is that it? Is I, I mean, it, it's like several verses, but it's like, Farmer in the Dell, The Farmer in the Dell, Hi-ho, The Dario, The Farmer in the Dell. And the last line is, The G stands alone, The G stands alone. <laughs> yes! Did fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> or something that's... Sure. If you want to get... a guest now, we got to this phrase. <laughs> I mean, if if you, dear listener and viewer, want to get a hold of us and tell us about your North American 
or British nursery rhymes that revolve around cheese, please do at Tanked Up Cast on the socials or go to outoflives.net. Look at our beautiful faces and look at the beers or the Out of Lives Network YouTube page and you can tell us about your favourite cheese if you really want to. Uh, I'm at Nova underscore 47. Oh no, you've typed it all out in the Twitch chat. Go to Twitch, Out of Lives Network to see all of this nonsense live um, and look in the chat when Adol has put in the entire nursery rhyme into the into the chat. Oh, and no, the copy paste the has no... Rhyme. Uh, because there's, the no, there's nothing no, about like, lime breaks. There's nothing about cheese standing alone in there. Um, it's, be- it's, it's because there's only so many characters Twitch will let you put into a copy paste <laughs> and then cut it off. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, but no. as I say, come to Twitch for all of this nonsense on a on a weekly basis. Um... <laughs> I feel like that, that seg- segue made my, my face hurt. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's all we can ever hope for. Uh, Adel is... I had the Omniarch. And uh, Kimberly, if people want to get hold of you on the socials, how do they do that? Craft beer pinup. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, Kimberly, for joining us for these two episodes as well. It's been a pleasure to have you. Cheers. Pleasure being here. Cheers to you. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you very have much. you back again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we will see you next time, dear listener and viewer. Please rate and review us on your podcast service or video which is only pretty much YouTube of choice and that always helps spread the conversation out to your friends Uh, thank you Kiss of Death for hanging out with us in the chat as well and we will see all of you hopefully next week have a good week we'll catch you soon we've been tagged up bye 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 www.outoflives.net